0: Hello, friend, and welcome to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You can follow us on Facebook, Trenton 365 Show, on Twitter, at Trenton365, and the website, trenton365.com. In the studio with me, oh, let me back up. WIMG 1300 on the AM dial is where you are listening, and if you're watching, it's over WPHY, Channel 25, covering Mercer County, New Jersey. Now, to my guest, and um most of you who follow the program know that I bring a lot of artists onto the Triton 365 show, providing some exposure, especially the artists who I'm ex- extremely excited about. One of them I have in a studio with me. I have a young man by the name of Philip McConnell, and I met Philip a little over a year ago um, uh, at one of our local watering holes, and I noticed that he had on a sweatshirt that I thought was quite interesting, similar to the one that he's rocking tonight later we started a conversation I found out that he indeed is the creator of the artwork and uh, I learned a new term regarding art and he's going to be talking about that tonight (laughs) in the studio with me is Philip McConnell young man artist photographer Philip thank you so much for a couple minutes of your time thank you for having me absolutely it's my pleasure so Philip before we get into the details of your art and what brought you to becoming a glitch artist. Let's talk a little bit about your background, where you're from, et cetera.
1: Okay. I am from Hamilton. Hamilton, Trenton area. Grew up in Trenton with my mom and well, my mom and dad, but her grandmother her mother had a house on East State Street where I spent that's pretty much where I spent majority of my time. And then I went to Hamilton High West, graduated, went down south for school, for college. And then I graduated last May with a Bachelor's of Fine Arts, and my major was mass communications with a concentration of photography.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, a, a degree in mass communications um, for the general public, what does that actually mean?
1: Basically, it's anything that deals with mass media. So it could be anything ranging from media law and ethics to advertising, public relations, photography, or pretty much just oh, radio, radio broadcasting and script writing and news outlets so anything that you see on tv is some form of has ties with some form of mass communication
0: okay and uh, is that something that you always wanted to get involved in you always wanted to go to school for or was that something that you were introduced to in high school
1: well actually i found my love for photography when i went down south initially when i went down there i didn't have any real plan. I just knew that college was the next step after high school. I was going to do the military, but I ended up hurting my shoulder my senior year of high school wrestling. I pinched a nerve in my back, so I couldn't do the military life. So I ended up just going to school down south, and I kind of found my passion for photography down there, and then there wasn't just a set path for photography, so you had to take all all the mass communication courses so I'm pretty well versed in anything dealing with mass communications because we had to take everything for about two or three years so but yeah now I'm a glitch artist (laughs) all
0: right and we're going to get into uh, the talk about glitch artists because that was again that's a new term for me what school did you graduate from in uh, South Carolina
1: Morris College in Sumter, South Carolina it's a little small city but the city has a lot of love for the school like it's like the pride of the school and actually my school had one of the longest it's an HBCU and it had the longest reigning president of HBCUs so mm-hmm. Dr. Lund Richardson was the school president at the time he recently retired I believe mm-hmm. I don't know I don't keep too <laughs> I'm not too tuned in down there anymore but that's from what I hear
0: Okay, so I'd like to talk a bit more about um, South Carolina and the experience that you had there. Uh, oftentimes when people travel, when people are born and raised in, in the northern part of the country or the East Coast, for example, then they travel south. Sometimes they realize that it's, uh, it's almost a culture shock, I guess, um, is a term that, that, that I want to use. But it's not saying it's good or bad, it's just different yeah, it's- exposure.
1: Vastly different from what I'm used to up north. Everything up north is fast-paced. It moves and moves and moves, and it just, especially cities like New York and even some places in Philly, they just don't stop. They're open 24/7. But down south, a lot of places close at like seven o'clock before the streetlights come on, <laughs> and it's just, it's just different. Like it doesn't snow down there. I mean, it snows, but if they get two inches of snow, they close everything. This is one time I was in school and. It was, it was right before Thanksgiving break. It snowed maybe an inch and a half. Now, all the kids from up north, we formed a very tight-knit group because it was just us down there, New York, Jersey, Philly. We hung out with each other. That was our friend group. And we're like, oh, well, we still got class the next day because it's not a lot of snow outside. It was so bad that they closed the McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's closes for nothing. But two inches of snow, a little bit of ice, shut down for like three days so it's just it's just an entirely different experience an experience that i'm glad i was able to partake in because both my parents are originally from the south and then they moved up north so just being able to see the lifestyle that well not see verbatim lifestyle they would have had but just experience some of it it's just i'm glad i was able to get that insight
0: Mm -hmm. now in addition to uh going to school in South Carolina and the culture shock just Mm -hmm. from being east coast north um... to being in the south uh, a bit going to a historically black college or university that in itself is also a little different for a lot of folks on the East Coast especially people who are not people of color who aren't of African descent Mm -hmm. they may look at that and say okay well what is a historical black university or college they may know what the term means but um, can you put in some relative terms for a larger audience?
1: Well, Basically HBCUs were set up at a time when African American students weren't being weren't being allowed into white institutions, so we created our own safe space for education. And the HBCU isn't; they're not as many as there were before, just because like there. When I was in school, there was an ongoing debate between should we still have them, or should we completely integrate, or like should we keep this safe space for just us, or should we allow X, Y, and Z into this institution so and then being from up north I'm used to it because I went to like I said I went to Hamilton High West for school and there was it was a mixed bag of culture everybody from every ethnicity and then you get down here and it's just African Americans it's just my brothers and sisters it's just us and it's it's different with dealing with just us because we have the same experiences growing up we laugh at the same jokes. We have the same, like, we have the same, just like little little niches that only exist in black culture. Mm-hmm. We have. It's a shared experience between an entire campus full of people. I didn't have that up here. And then going down there, that's all I had. It's like it was just one family. Mm-hmm. And then I lived on campus. So these people, I just, they were like my brothers. <laughs> Literally, yeah, literally. literally.
0: Okay, so uh, from your perspective, graduating from a HBCU, have the stigma that used to be affiliated with that many years ago—probably before I, you know, finished up college—how um, do you see that now since you've graduated just recently?
1: When you say the stigma, you mean just the negative aspects of it? Correct. Uh, well. I will say that one thing I did experience, well I was able to see, I'm not a Greek, but I was able to see HBCU Greek life, and these fraternities and sororities, i watched them do great things for the community, I've watched them go out into the community and help it, because the city, Sumter, it's not exactly, it's not impoverished, but it's not, it, it kind of reminds me of Trenton in a way, like I felt like I was kind of home, but I watched them go out into the community and I watched them work with the community. I watched them do after school programs. A lot of the people, some of the people that were in these fraternities, they went on to be teachers. So in the same hand, they went from this college life, which is not the stereotype that you see with the drinking and the partying and stuff. Like it's, it's, you have some people there that are full-time students. That's all they do. They go to class, go to work, do their work, go to sleep, wake up, repeat next day. Because, like, we live on campus and there's not much to do out there, so it was the full-time life. But people just... People like to... They tend to take care of each other when put in situations like that. Mm. And I feel like that getting that HBCU experience and seeing the college Greeks do that for the community was an experience that I'll never forget. Mm.
0: That's fantastic. And I'm glad you put it that way um, because it, it provides me... A window to exactly who you are as a person. And uh, going back from the time that you and I connected and we met in public and we started to talk, you know, when you meet people for a living and you sit down with them and you talk to them, especially over a meal or something like that, you really get to know a person. And um, sometimes you can separate where people are in their mentality rather quickly. And uh, you were one of those people who I said, absolutely, I've got to sit down and chat with this young man because there's something else there and there's this like really powerful energy that I'm looking forward to uh, getting to know more and absolutely looking forward to sharing it with, with my networks and with my audience. So your experience at going uh, to a, an HBCU was very positive. It's something that, that you would encourage or
1: recommend? Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, 100%. Because it's you don't get that type like just being around one specific culture is different than the mixed bag that you have up here and especially down south life in general which is completely different and then you throw in that it's just us down there that's just it's, it's an experience that I wouldn't trade for anything mm. and I'm glad I got to experience it
0: All right, well, fantastic thanks for sharing that yeah. so um, as we make a transition and we're going to build up to talk about the the glitch art that you you do. I'd like for you to talk a bit more about your education, um, uh, about photography and how you got into photography and what photography means to
1: you. Well, I've always looked at the world a little different because of the way my father raised me and my two sisters. We were, how do I word it? We were raised on the principle of intelligence first, always thinking forward, always thinking two steps ahead. Like, my father had me playing chess at a very young age. He had my sister when she was about five years old reading the New York Times just for practice. And my other sister, she's she is a, she's a wizard in the kitchen. Like, her culinary skills are phenomenal. It's just, we were raised on the principle of intelligence first and always thinking two steps ahead. And... I apply that same logic into my photography. I'm always looking at a picture in layers. I'm always looking at it, well, it looks like this, but what else could it be? Yes, the sky is blue right now, but what about that layer of clouds that's directly over the blue, and then what about the sunset, which has the mixed hues coming down? I look at the world in layers now, just from photography and working with digital art and things like that. It's just just a different... It's just a different way to look at the world. There are, from a psychological standpoint, there are about nine different types of intelligence. And just being able to look at everything through a photography lens is one of those. So.
0: Mm. Now, you opened up a, a can of worms, sort of, for me <laughs> by, by describing your photography like that. Yes. Um, has photography changed your perception? On life or have you taken your life and applied it to photography and now it's a piece of, of something that you've
1: created hmm. photography has photography showed, showed me a different way of looking at things but I would say that these philosophies, these ide- ideologies that I've had, I've always had and they've been instilled in me from a young age to just be a forward thinker so even looking at photography like that, that was something that I already had. It just it was sleep. It had to be woken up. And now it's to the point to where I'm able to look at anything, dissect it, break it down to its simplest form, and then hit point A, point B, point C, point D. Or if need be, I can go from point A to point D and then back to C and then back to B and then back to E if need be. Mm-hmm.
0: Now I haven't asked you this or didn't even think about this, but are you also a musician?
1: No, I do write music, but I can't sing to save my life. It is the where is my girlfriend laughs at me all the time because i I love to sing, but I just can't it's just not It's not one of the gifts that I have. I am a writer. I write short stories, I write short stories, poetry, I do spoken word. I am a performing artist do hip-hop dance, and I write short films. I also am a director of sorts. My main goal is to be a director of photography, but I'm a director of sorts. I do know my way around an editing room and things like that. I know how to produce, and, but, yeah, I do everything but sing. (laughs) That's (laughs) the one thing I wish I had, but I just, it's just not in me. But my girlfriend, she's an amazing singer. She serenades me all the time.
0: Uh Well, I, I have to say that I'm in that camp, too. I love singing, yeah. um, but I don't sing well at all. Um, I, I think that saying, couldn't carry a note that had <laughs> handles, yeah. was, was meant for me.
1: <laughs> I'm right along with
0: you. <laughs> all right. So, so back to the, the, the idea of the photography, mm-hmm. um, when did you first start taking pictures and knew that this was something that you wanted to explore?
1: Just in college. My main goal was to just capture moments because like I have ADHD, so my mind moves very, very fast from moment to moment to moment, things get lost. So I wanted to set up a system. Well, I have a current system that I use to just live in each moment, to be as present as possible. But with photography, that allows me to capture a moment and then move past it. And then later on, to look at the pictures the next day and say, oh, that was fun, I remember doing that. Don't remember that, but I'm glad I caught it. It's just It just enables me to just look at my life in screenshots. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned that. I didn't know that, that you had ADHD. Yeah. But um, more and more artists who I speak to, um, they have some diagnosis of ADHD. And they found that the art that they do, whether it's music mm-hmm. or uh, other performing arts or uh, photography, painting, etc., this helps to bring them into some sort of a semblance of an area where the average person can understand yeah. what what they 're doing with their ADHD, so have you considered Have you considered how your art and your ADhd how they 've come together, and where that 's going?
1: Well, I feel like with the ADHD, it allows me to do multiple things at a time because, like I said, I do all these other things, but i 'm also Running a company with my sister, which basically has all of that involved. Uh, the name of the company is Omen Seven Creative Group, and the goal of it is basically just to create a platform for artists. Because like when I was when I started out, like not even a year ago, I had my first show in February, and the only reason I got that show was because Artworks saw something in me that I didn't even know I didn't even realize my stuff was that far left. I didn't realise it was that different. I just thought it was it was just graphic design. And then they saw me, they extended the hand and they gave me my first show. But I wanted to try and extend that hand to other artists. So and comes um, it's pronounced Omni but it's written as O M N seven. The reason it's written as Omen seven is because I wanted to replace the I with the seven. Seven is a God number. Seven is a number of completion. And I wanted to remove the ego from the work. Because oftentimes with artists, they get caught up in self. And getting caught up in self, you don't create from a pure place. You create from, I want this. I need this. This is what I want. No, it's not about that. It's about advancing the culture. There's, there's still certain places where you can't make certain art, or they will kill you. Art is about advancement art is about sending a message Mm -hmm. and i just want to be able to create from a pure place Mm -hmm.
0: and um i I like how you tied that in with a seven and um and when i say numerology i I don't want people to misquote that or have that number be misrepresented seven is the number of what it is and um, it's got it's got meaning behind it yes. throughout history. Yes. So integrating the number seven into Omni, taking the I out, also mm-hmm. says a lot about the place from where you're coming from. Yes. And um, for those who don't understand that, I suggest a, a simple numerological search under seven for for you to mm-hmm. find out exactly what that all means. The word, the two words that you mentioned mm-hmm. that are sticking out to me: dissection mm-hmm. and advancement. Yes. So, when I hear that, I think, okay, I have something that's whole, but I want to make it better. Yes. And to make it better, I'm going to remove some things, mm-hmm. which some people may say that you're, 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 you're changing the creation, but at the same time, you're recreating something. Um, a quick example is the computer. Mm-hmm. At one point in time, computers were the size of rooms and, yeah. and <laughs> floors of office buildings, etc. But now they're as small as multifunctional as the mobile device that that we have here as well. Talk about dissection and advancement in your art. Kind of merge them together for me.
1: Well, what glitch art is, it's essentially a form of digital alchemy where I take something and create something else out of it by breaking it down and then rebuilding it. Just basic alchemic principles. But I like to take the small bits of things and then create other stuff when I was a child I was very destructive very hyperactive and I hit a certain point in my teen years where I got tired of being destructive I just wanted to create that's when I started doing poetry that's when I started dancing and destruction and creation come from this, for me anyway I can't speak for the general populace but destruction and creation come from the same place for me they are like two sides of a coin essentially I, I love to create. Creating is something that... Creating is some, there's no feeling like creating something. There's no feeling like taking something and making something else out of it. And then showing somebody in there, like, how did you get that from that? And then explaining the process. So basically what glitch art is, is manipulating the code of a picture. When you put a picture on a computer, it turns into a JPEG, and then you can open it in a hex editor or text editor, and then it turns into literal lines of code. From there, I can move stuff around, delete stuff, add stuff, do what I want with it. Granted, it's a very painstaking process. Sometimes it takes me days to make a piece. Sometimes it takes me hours. It just varies on where I'm at with it. But just seeing the final result of it is satisfying enough for me. If I could, I would do it for free. But capitalism is is a thing, and I have to abide by its rules, so I have to make money. Mm -hmm. Granted, I would love to just create all day and just give it out to people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just, I like creating. Mm -hmm.
0: And uh, the creation of your shirt, your sweatshirt that you're wearing. Can you just describe that for the viewing audience?
1: Well, what this is, this is a collaborative piece between me and a photographer known as, his name is Jack Turkle. He does landscape photography, artworks paired us together. And the series is called Return to Nature, which is a juxtaposition series basically taking architecture shots with nature shots and just showing the relative size of everything. This is, the piece that I'm wearing on my shirt is three of six. And the second piece, which is of the New York City skyline, it has the, the, new, it has the new World Trade Center with, paired with the world's tallest tree, Hyperion. And with that, I wanted to compare the relative size of the tree to the building just to show as above so below everything is intertwined even though this was something that nature created and this is something that man created they're still relative towards each other even though we like to distance ourselves from nature as much as possible it's still one and the same regardless Mm
0: -hmm. and at this time for the folks um, who are watching on television via WPHY I'm going to hold up a piece that I've purchased and I encourage other people to purchase art original art Buy small, shop local, any of those things, those terms you want to use. Here's an example of what you can do. So, Phil, for the folks who are just listening, can you describe this sweatshirt and um, what it is, the design on it, and uh, some, something about the glitch art of that?
1: Well, it's just Shade. Shade is, well, she's legendary, essentially. I was not raised listening to Sade, but later in my adult years, I find that I like that type of music more. Just, it's very, it's not lounge music, but it creates an atmosphere, it creates an ambiance, and I wanted the piece to resemble that. That's why you see the wood grain in the background. That's why you see the multiple facets of her. And I just wanted to make something that reflected the way her music sounded to me. Oftentimes, when I do work of artists, I'm listening to their music to try and capture what I'm listening to in a moment. I'm trying to create moments. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: and, and I like how you put that, um, referencing the artists, listening to them while you're creating. Um, I believe that at one point in time, <laughs> when we used to listen to albums, <laughs> and we would listen to the whole album yeah. all the way through, there was the whole idea and the concept of what the artist was trying to convey yeah. through listening to the whole album, whether it was at that time uh, an hour or an hour and 15 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. And seeing and hearing you do that with the artists, I think that they would be really encouraged to know that the creation that they put together is being used to create other pieces of
1: art. Yeah. Hopefully one day... One of my pieces reaches them, and they see it, and they like it, and you know. <laughs> but till then, I'm just working out of the gallery.
0: <laughs> Great, so, so let's go back uh, a step and talk about glitch art. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a new term to me, and I'm someone who uh, considers myself pretty much involved in the art community as a whole, yeah. um, specifically here in Mercer County, New Jersey, and, and uh, in Trenton for sure. But what is glitch art? And um, talk about the history of it a little bit, please.
1: Well, glitch art has existed since 1962. It's not a term that I created contrary to popular belief, as I would like to <laughs> take credit for it. No, it's not something that I made up. It's, an, it's already an underground trend. But what I'm doing with it is different from any glitch artist you'll ever see, I promise. But glitch art has existed since 1962. And then it was done by manipulating VCR wires to get effects. So what they would do is they put in the VCR tape Manipulate the wires to get like the static effect, and then they would record it on another tape and then keep recording, keep that process going back and forth until you had a whole distorted video, VHS distortion, which is pretty much where Glitch Art got its roots from. Mm-hmm. Now it's done with text editors, hex editors, it's done with Vaporwave, it's even done using what even you can. There's a music program called uh, Audacity probably not saying that right but it's a music program where you can put a picture in it there's a way to there's a way to upload the picture into the program and then from there you can manipulate the sound of it that will the sound it turns into sound waves and then you manipulate it and then you get well you save it and you get an end result i don't use that way i'm not a fan of it but there are multiple ways that you can do this art form and right now, it's not something that's well-known. A lot of people aren't well-versed. It's not the first time I've heard someone say, like, I have no idea what this is. So it's just something that's it's not new, but what I'm doing with it, it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I like, I'd like to go back before we get into more details about glitch art and specifically your glitch art. But uh, you talked about um, text editors, hex editors... Mm-hmm. Etc. Can you just like give an overall summary for the average person, what they are?
1: Basically, a uh, text editor is something. It's a, it's a simple program that can run on any computer, and you use it to just create text files, just simple text files. That's all it's used for, but you can use it for other things like putting messages in pictures or knowing what I do with it. A hex editor is, does the same thing, but it's more binary. It shows you the ones and zeros of it. Whereas a text editor operates in text, hex editor operates in binary. Now, you can also do the same thing with music programs, well, certain music programs. So these programs are all, they're all simple. They're not like anything basic, but what I'm doing with it, Very Mm -hmm. complex
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, that's awesome So uh, in the second half of the program We're going to get into the details About your specific glitch art Mm -hmm. And I'm going to encourage folks To uh, check you out Share your contact information Before we go for
1: break Okay, you can find me at my website OMN7.com It's OMN7.com Or you can follow me on Instagram Which is me Underscore K-O-N Underscore L E-L (laughs) <laughs> Excellent.
0: Phil McConnell, Glitch Artist, will be back shortly after break. Folks, you're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show, and I'm your host, Jacques Howard. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. The website, Trenton365.com, Facebook, Trenton 365 Show, and Twitter at Trenton365. And you're listening over WIMG 1300, the oldest radio station in the state of New Jersey, and the two-time stellar awards-winning station. And you're watching over WPHY Channel 25, covering Mercer County, New Jersey. In the studio with me is artist, author, writer, uh, performing artist, Philip McConnell. And uh, Philip is, uh, I met him not so long ago, maybe, uh, maybe a year or so ago. And uh, we've been trying to get together, I finally have him here in the studio and he is what he self describes a glitch artist. And uh, we've been talking about some glitch art and we're going to get into some details later. But in short, uh, this piece here on this sweatshirt is a piece of art that he's created and manipulated from other pieces of art and uh, basically it's a coding element that makes the change and Philip uh, was giving all those details earlier in the first half of the program and I suggest that you go to the website, O as an Oscar, M as in Mary, N as in Nancy, the number 7.com. There you can see all of Philip's work, find out more about him because again, 30 minutes or an hour is not enough time for me to get into the meat and potatoes about who my guests are. So Philip and I were talking about Glitch Art um, just before we got into the break, but during the the break session we were having a conversation and he brought up something very interesting and I'm a big supportive of I'm a big supporter of and that is making sure that we we honor the folks who allow us to do what we do um, I, I was giving a shout out to my wife Vanessa and my daughter Madeline uh, I'm an extrovert she's a bit of an introvert so it's, it works out nicely for us but everyone has a support system and Philip wants to share about his
1: well I come from a very talented family and I was blessed to have very talented friends as well. One of my friends, Justin Beckford, he he has the comic book genius to form and he built an entire universe in the manner of like four months and he wants to be a comic book creator. He's just visually and comic (laughs) bookly genius. And I have another friend, his name is Roman, Roman White. He, right now he works, he works for a news station, but he's a very talented journalist. Just, he's able to take a story and then give you his side of point, give you his point of view. He's able to look at a story subjectively and objectively at the same time and then give you both within the same article without you even realizing that you're reading his point of view and the overall grand scheme of the point of view. Then I have another friend, Alonzo. He's a programmer. And he's just... <laughs> Me and him don't do the same style of programming. But he made a Pokemon game from him, my friends. Just just because he wanted to play Pokemon. And then I have another friend. His name's Ransford. Ransford Quarry. He actually developed an app called Random Notifications. Basically what the app does... What the app does, it gives you sales and things like that as they happen in real time. So you could be driving past a place, and then your phone will ding, and it'll say, well, there's a sale going on over here if you want to stop, and it'll give you email alerts and everything like that. But he's one of the few people I know that developed an app and followed it all the way through, got it patented, trademarked, everything. It is 100% his. So I said that to say I come from a very talented friend group. Everyone has their own unique niches, but somehow we work as a unit. Mm -hmm. And with Omni, that operates completely in-house with my family. My sister, my sister, my brother-in-law, sister Tony Presley, my brother-in-law Craig Presley, and my other sister Deidre McConnell, we operate as a unit, going to shows, going to events, just pushing the brand as much as possible. The goal of it was to create something bigger than ourselves. The goal of it was to create something that lasted. Was to create something that I could pass down to my niece, so she doesn't have to work at a Walgreens. Yes, I still want her to work for what she has, but by the same hand, I don't want her to have to work in retail. I don't want to have. I don't want her to have to work for 725 an hour because you can't live off 725. And I don't want her to have to go through those same things that I went through, same things that my niece Tyra went through, the same things that pretty much any working-class American is going through. I want to build something so when she's of age, I can just say, here you go, running.": mm-hmm.
0: So it's interesting how you mentioned um, um, your, art, your friends, Justin, Roman, Alonzo, Ransford, several family members, etc. And it sounds like there's this cohesion like you were all working together for a very particular goal yes. um, and, and you've mentioned your brand mm-hmm. on multiple occasions can you just explain more again for the, for the audience uh, what, what does your brand look like? What does OMN7.com look like?
1: Basically what it is, it's, well Omni represents everything. It's fashion, music, art, graphic design, literature, comic books, like, it, it encompasses everything. I wanted to do... Because all these talents, I do separately. Except for music. I don't make music. But I do have a very talented cousin. His name is Zarif. Known as Nietzsche Nicole. And he's a, he's a local up-and-coming rapper in the area. But he's something... He's something that the website would have been made for. Just to give him that extra buzz. Just to... Give Justin the platform to create a comic book and just have it completely syndicated, and then we handle distribution. All you got to do is create. That's all you got to do. The goal of Omni was to create a platform for for all these other artists that I know, because there's not a lot of platforms that exist. Sage is a great one. Sage, basically, anybody in the Trenton area, Sage is the one that you go to. But when I first started. I didn't know Sage was because I, I was in the South for six years, so I had no idea about the art scene in turn. I had no idea how things ran up here. So when I started, I didn't have any help besides artworks. And then I started this. Not to not to compete with anything. I don't want to compete. I like to work from a completely humble place. I love Sage. I love everybody over there.
0: Mm-hmm and so so your idea and your vision of your brand is to be its own ecosystem of creativity
1: yes I want to I want anything that we need to operate completely in-house but if there's someone outside that needs a project done they come to us you need wedding photos we do that you need a video of your wedding we do that you want a personal photo shoot you need a website (laughs) you want a book written about you you need any you need proofreading You need music produced, you need an artist for an event, we handle all that. Mm.
0: Now, it sounds to me like that is the new model of economy. Um, This region has been known for many years. Trenton makes, the world takes. And Trenton is still making and will continue to make, but not on the scale of industrialism where we're actually uh, building bridges and steel and so forth because that's just not what the current economy is. But there is an opportunity for manufacturing to take place and productivity and an ecosystem or economy like what you're talking about, correct?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, the goal is just to, like I said before, make something bigger than ourselves. Just want to build something different.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fantastic okay let 's get back and and talk about the glitch art and uh, folks i 'm switching gears purposely because i 'm encouraging you to reach out to Philip and have that conversation with him like I did. Come out of your comfort zone, meet this young man, have a conversation with him, hear what he has to say, and I again I encourage you to go to the website o as an oscar m as a mary n as in Nancy, the number seven.com, and reach out to Philip. Tell him you heard about him on the Trenton 365 show and that you'd like to have a conversation with him. And I'm encouraging you to have a conversation with him over food, and then <laughs> you guys can go from there and discuss some different options. So, getting back to the glitch art, mm-hmm. and again, I, I want to show um, this is one of the pieces that I purchased from Philip. Um, this is a uh, Chardet, who's a, a very well known. Um, R&B, jazzy, her own genre musician uh, from from I think she's from South Africa. I'm not sure, but uh, Nigeria. My apologies. And um, she's been a I've been a big fan of hers for many many years. So when I saw that you had done this, I was super excited. And um, saw I saw your setup at Artworks Art All Day, which was a couple of weeks ago, which had had, had plenty of artwork, Uh, you had a part of your support system there as well. So let's, in the next few moments, talk about your glitch art and uh, for the folks who have no idea, how would you explain that
1: to them? Well basically it's done by manipulating code, it's just from a programming standpoint, if anything is wrong in a line of code when you're building a website or building something, it won't work. If something is off misplaced, it'll distort itself, it'll glitch essentially. So then taking that principle and then applying it to artwork enables me to show others what the inside of my head looks like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the best way to put it. But through this, my style has been, when it started out, it was very, very rough. Because I didn't know how to, I knew I had the pieces, but I didn't know how to form the puzzle. But I have a great mentor, his name's Addison. Addison over at Art. Oh, Addison
0: and, Vincent. Mm-hmm.
1: Addison, Jesse, Lauren, all of them have helped me in some way, shape, or form with developing the current style that I have now. Like, and it's just it could be small little things. Like, no, I think this color would look better here. I think this overall scheme would look better if you did this. Just small little things, but through the three of them and just art in general, they've given me, they had, they helped me look at it in a completely different way, mm-hmm. and even I've even gotten some I've even gotten some help from Caso uh, on some stuff like Kaso has been a big help with everything just looking at the style that he does like it's phenomenal and then me showing him something and saying how can I make this better and him being like oh it's real simple you just do this this and this and I'm looking at it like how did you get that from this and then he's like oh well you know art life <laughs> <laughs> like is amazing but between them they've helped me look at it in a different way other than just the rough style that it was so it's become more refined over the course, like this is my first year as an artist, I graduated last May with my degree and then I had no idea what I was doing I was working at a car garage and I had no plan, no rhyme or reason I just knew I wanted to create even talking to my parents about it, they were like, well what are you going to do now you have this degree, go out and get a job I'm like, eh, but I don't know what I want to do. So, but one thing I've learned throughout this artistic journey is that the universe recognizes intentions. As long as your intentions are pure, as long as you approach something with a pure heart, or as long as you approach it with the right mindset, it will work out. Everything I've done over the course of the last year has just been me meeting people and then me doing something and then meeting someone else and then doing something. Like, another great mentor of mine who has also become a great friend, Benjamin Pulowski. Do you know Benny? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Benny, mm-hmm. everybody loves Benny. But Benny has been, he's helped me tremendously just guiding me down the path like, no, I don't think you should make this decision because X, Y, and Z, you should do this. But Benny has been a great friend and a great mentor just in general and then Benny's a he's a music producer as well 60 Midnight Studios and just having just having me able to show him something and then him look at it from a musician standpoint and say well you should do this different because x y and z and then he'll give me like a 15 minute talk about uh, he'll give me like a 15 minute talk about why this should be different and then he'll give me where his mindset came from then he'll give me his thought process So he just gives me the entire breakdown of everything. And just being able to look, just being able to have someone tell you their thought process and then interpret it, it's just, it's infallible.
0: (laughs) You know, it it warms my heart to um, hear you um, mention so many people who I feel the same way. They've done some amazing things and they are doing amazing things in this region. And uh, that's the whole impetus behind this program and why I'm thankful for this outlet to be able to share it, whether it's bringing in new friends like you or or older friends who have been doing some amazing things. We have everything we need right here in the less than seven and a half square miles of Trenton to revolutionize and change perspectives and bring people together. Uh, I was having a conversation earlier with someone talking about um, Trenton. This is truly the birthplace of America. Mm -hmm. Because if George Washington didn't win the Battle of Trenton, there's a very good chance that the country wouldn't look the way that it does now.
1: Makes sense.
0: (laughs) And for us to ignore or skip over that history, and then not to think about it from the spiritual standpoint, to say what happened and took place on this land hundreds of years ago, and to think it has no it's not relative to what's taking place today speaks to us being naive especially when you have someone who comes from a standpoint like yourself where you speak about humbleness mm-hmm. and the importance of removing i out of the equation and the completeness of the number 7 and what that means spiritually this is more than than just commentary this is more than just Um, pie in the sky mentalities and and thought processes these are things that are happening and they are real for a growing number of people who were concentrated in a small area it's just a matter of when it all develops and morphs into something else and for those of you in the listening audience I encourage you, get in the game man Like, it's been far too long, I don't care how old you are, but this is a grand opportunity for you to experience history and be a part of that history. It's easy to say, yeah, I remember something happening, but how nice would it be for you to say, hey, you know, my fingerprints are on that, what took place. As you mentioned earlier, being able to pass something down or to another generation and remove whatever that bondage is, Whether it's the bondage of being working class or the bondage of having to have a concern about the economics and capitalism and how you navigate this world that we know. But to be able to say, hey, I I worked to create something and I'm able to change a generation. And that's the whole perspective. And you had mentioned coming to a place from a pure heart and how the universe recognizes that. I personally, can tell you I sat in a chair where you are many years ago talking about a nonprofit organization that I was on the board of and how that nonprofit was doing amazing things and I'm talking about the IELTS organization. And that morphed into being asked to do a program here, which has now led to the Trenton 365 Show, subsequently another program on another station, etc. And to be able to provide an opportunity for wonderful people like yourself and artists like yourself. Everything comes full
1: circle, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding.
0: Fantastic. You know, I, I, I don't want to finish the program without giving you the opportunity to share specifically what you're thinking about Glitch Art, where it is, what you expect it to be, mm-hmm. and to encourage people to get in contact with you. And I'm doing that because I, I think you and I both come from that, 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 that line of people who are willing or more likely to divert attention from ourselves. Yeah. Just, I just want to do the work. So can you just please just take a few moments and share exactly what you'd like the, the listening and viewing audience to know?
1: Well, honestly... I like to, well, I like to talk philosophies, I like to talk ideologies. Uh, A friend of mine, Daniel J. Wilson, who is kind of like my best friend from college, and me and him often have this conversation about the future and plans and things like that. My friend Dan just had a son, and now, because Dan's my age, And now he's trying to focus on what I'm going to do to build for my son because it's no longer about him. Now, I don't have any kids, but I can see his mindset. So with Glitch Art, I'm trying to build something. Well, basically, I'm trying to build a house and have Glitch Art be the floor, have Glitch Art be the foundation because it's something so new that a lot of places still don't accept it because when you say what Glitch Art is, Nine times out of ten, they're going to look at you like you have three heads or they're going to look at you like you're scrappy Doo. Like, what is this What is this alien form? I talked to an art historian. She got her major in art history. And now she goes from different galleries to Paris to Rome. I met her at Art All Day, actually. And me and her had this in-depth conversation about Greek statues. And then she she commented on my work and asked what it was. I told her what it was. She said, I've never heard of that studied art for five years I don't know what that is that does not exist and then through me explaining to her the process and how everything runs she was able to look at it from a point of an art historian saying okay I see where this came from I see where this is going I see what you're doing with it keep going like just little little things like that and even like the work speaks for itself when you see glitch art you see me there is no there's no one out here doing it granted I like to be as humble as possible but it's still that fact that there's no one out here that does this art form but me so when you see that you see it's automatic you see me uh when I had after after the show in February at artworks I was at Trenton Social setting up because Benny gave me the opportunity just to set up my stuff just so people could see it. It was on a random Wednesday night. And one of the waitresses there said, Oh, I've seen that before. And then she was scrolling through her phone and then she was like, Oh, I was at the exhibit. I recognized that piece. Just small little things like that. During art all day, me and my girlfriend were setting up the pieces on the board and one of the one of the people that was coming to see the exhibit she came in saw it and said I've seen that before I was like where have you seen it before she said oh I've seen it on DeviantArt so I've seen your work before now I've been on DeviantArt for the last year just constantly just putting out content showing it DeviantArt is a website for artists Mm -hmm. so I was just putting out content and showing it and I wasn't sure anybody was seeing it because as artists you all go through that struggle of well is my stuff good enough is it this is it that and I actually went through one of those periods recently and with the help do you know Anna and Chris from artworks correct I was telling I was telling them about it and Chris was like send me some of your stuff let me let me see what you're working on let me see since you you don't feel like your stuff's good enough let me see and then I showed it to him and he was like this I don't know what you're talking about you're being silly stop it (laughs) but just having that type of support moving forward now granted Anna's amazing she does a lot of volunteer work at Artworks, and she even got me involved in it, too. Well, me and my girlfriend involved. <laughs> and then Chris is just a dope individual in general. So just having that support from those around me is something that's helped me. Like, I'm forever grateful for it. And when I get the opportunity, I'm going to pay it. I'm going to pay it back because you pay things forward. Mm-hmm. You don't just take and then not give. No, you have to give back so that's something that I want to get my art to a point to where I'm able to give back I want to get it to a point to where it has that recognition like I've had three shows in Brooklyn this year one of which I had one of which I had to go to I had to submit and then had to go through a process and then I got and then they asked me to come out display my stuff the second two I was invited so just being able so just being able for them to see my stuff and say oh we want that here I saw that X Y and Z I need that here that's that's an experience that, not even experience, that's a feeling that I could never replace with anything. Like, there's there's no other, there's no greater feeling than having someone appreciate something that came specifically from your head. Not even from, not, not from my hand, I mean, yeah, from my hands, but from here, just from my head. It's from thoughts to canvas and people like it. And then, even my girlfriend has been a big has been a big inspiration she's an artist as well she's a poet she draws she paints she sings voice is phenomenal (laughs) and she's beautiful to boot so and even having someone even having the ability to be with someone just as talented as you just as forward-thinking as you she keeps me sharp because she's two steps, so I have to be two steps. So we have to be two steps ahead of each other. So we're constantly playing chess with each other. I wouldn't trade that feeling for the world. But she keeps me sharp. She always keeps me advancing my work forward. Like if I make a piece and I'm not too sure about it, I'll show her and she'll say, no, nah, I don't like that. Do X, Y, and Z. All right, cool. Because I respect her opinion just as much as my own.
0: So it sounds like you've got a, a full uh, soup the nuts approach to this. Um, Whether it's outside entities, close friends, family members, uh, college friends. So you've got almost what i like to say is almost like an army of people who are working on this brand and working towards a goal. Um, I'm not sure, and I don't think it's necessary for you to know what that end goal is, but what's next? What's next for Philip Uh,
1: Next, I actually want to make short films. I have, well, me and Dan, we wrote out a series of seven short films. Just number seven. (laughs) wrote out a series of seven short films, and each one, well, the overall subplot is it's going to highlight the brand in different ways. So, like, the first film will highlight the music. The second film will highlight the clothes. The third film will highlight the comic books. The fourth film, well, just X, Y, and Z. Like, it'll highlight each different aspect of Omni. But that's next for me is doing that project. And eventually what I want to do long term is, well, art shows. I just like I like showing my stuff to people. <laughs> that's fantastic. Philip, share your contact information, please. <clears throat> you can find me at OMN7 team. That is the Tumblr, or you can follow me on Instagram, which is me underscore k o n underscore e l, or you can find me at o m n seven dot com. Feel free to submit. Mm-hmm. What the the website acts as a digital art gallery for myself and other artists as well. So there's some music on there, there's some poetry on there, like it's everything. You can find the fashion, you can find, you can find the spoken word stuff. Everything's on there. But you know, little stuff, baby steps, <laughs> baby steps. And
0: uh, events coming up soon.
1: Uh, I have a show December first at Da Vinci Art Gallery, which I am a member of. That's in Philadelphia, and then I have a, another show with Benjamin Pulowski at Trenton Social, first Friday show. And this is my first first Friday shows. The whole theme of the show is Benny takes pictures of people, and I'm glitching them. But the goal of the show is to show the history of social, just the history of these people in these pictures. They're old pictures ranging from when he started working there up until now. So it's history there. And just him and just us working on this project is a very humbling experience. Fantastic.
0: Philip McConnell, thank you so much for your time on the Trenton 365 show. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing and supporting your efforts going forward. Thank you. Folks, you've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 show over the two-time Stella Award-winning station, WIMG 1300, streaming over our website, WIMG1300.com. We'll see you next week.